the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. And this is a big thing. This is a big question today. Because a lot of times we say and we affirm the scriptures except here. Oh, yes, I believe the Bible is inerrant and infallible because it's inspired by God. Except over here, this, this expired. This is culturally driven. Well, you know, the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of the Lord endures forever. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Grace to Live with Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We're so thankful that you have joined us for today's program. On today's broadcast, we'll be picking up in 2 Timothy chapter 3 with part 2 of Pastor Keith's message entitled, Prepared. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. You know, you meet people like, there's a whole movement now, and some people say that, and they don't, they're not part of this other movement, but there's a whole movement called Red Letter Christianity, where basically all people care about are the Gospels, and everything else is irrelevant. So people will do that and say, well, you know, Paul was a Pharisee, he was a bit of a chauvinist, you know. You know, his, his Judaism kind of bent his thinking and his chauvinism and his legalism sort of infected the scriptures and you, you got to watch with Paul because not everything he says can we take so seriously but the problem is is the apostles saw the writings of Paul as scripture and when we say all scripture is inspired by God it means all scripture and you have that other famous passage about inspiration in Second uh, Peter three fifteen and sixteen, where Paul's writings are referred to as Bible. Second Peter three fifteen and sixteen, and count the patient uh, patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all of his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things. In them that are hard to understand, some translations might render that hard to take, which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction as they do what? The other scriptures. Now, that New American Standard renders it the rest of scriptures. What is Peter saying in his own laid back, inimitable way? The ignorant and the untaught. You know, I mean, you know, Peter, he's kind of blunt. He's saying, well, you know, Paul has written this and people don't like it. And people, some people get a little crazy about it like they do the rest of the Bible. What does that mean? That Paul's writing is Bible. That Paul's writing is scriptures. That it's inspired. And, and so we need to understand this. We need to accept this. We need to embrace this. We don't get to be like Bart Campolo and pick out which parts of the Bible we like. And 
reinterpret some and ignore others altogether. We don't get to be like origin and allegorize things so when we feel a little uncomfortable, we can feel a little bit better. And we don't get to treat it like the erasable Bible where you take your number two, you know, writings and you erase them with your, with your eraser. The Bible is what the Bible is and the Bible says what the Bible says and you've got to decide, do you really believe that? Are you, are you willing to believe? Are you prepared to believe in the inspiration of Scripture? And before you answer too quickly, remember this. When you say yes to that question, when you answer yes, that means you accept the sufficiency of Scripture. It is sufficient for everything we're going to face in this life and in the act of worship all matters of faith and worship and living life. And are you willing to accept the authority of Scripture? Scripture has something to say about every inch of thread about the fabric of your being. And we are to conform ourselves to the thinking of God, not conform God to our thinking. And this is a big thing. This is a big question today. Because a lot of times we say and we affirm the Scriptures except here. Oh, yes, I believe the Bible is inerrant and infallible it, because it's inspired by God, ex- except over here, this, this expired. This is culturally driven. Well, you know, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away before one letter of the law fails. And I don't know about you right now, but I don't feel like I'm standing on Mars. I'm on Earth. It's still here. And heaven is still there. So I want you to think about that. Are you prepared to believe to trust Scripture? Are you prepared to believe in the inspiration, sufficiency, and authority of Scripture for all matters of faith and practice? All right. As a church... The scriptures, the inspired scriptures, inform our thinking. And they empower us to do the work that God has called us to. So are you prepared to believe? And the second question you and I need to ask and answer is are you prepared to surrender? Are you prepared to surrender your preferences, your desires, and align them with God's desires? Are you prepared to take those inspired scriptures and weigh your preferences and your desires in the scales of the inspired Word of God. Which brings us to 2 Timothy 3.16b, second half of the verse. All Scripture is breathed out by God and, big and here, because it's breathed out by God, it's profitable for teaching Some translations say doctrine for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Okay. Here's where we return to the results of inspiration, authority, and sufficiency. It's profitable for putting us on the same page as God. That's doctrine. That's teaching. Teaching has to do with helping us to understand, to know the principles of God, how God thinks, how God would have us live, what God would have us do. That's why the psalmist says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear, to fear your name. Because the teaching of Scripture 
we can make sense of this world in which we live. And we can interpret what's going on in the midst of a trial. And we can understand how to respond. It's profitable. It's useful. It's beneficial. It's applicable for teaching. For teaching us about God. Because we can't serve a God we don't fully know or understand or taken the time to know. I'll give you a case in point. Many of us at some point in our lives who are married have dated. And if your girlfriend or boyfriend wrote you a letter and you never read it, would you, could you understand them? Could you get a sense of where their heart is? And then if they sent you a nice card and then you had dinner and they said, so, did you read the card? Oh, no, I, I thought it was important, but I put it up on the shelf. But it teaches you how to respond to God. It teaches you to think your thoughts after him. Profitable for teaching. Profitable for doctrine. Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 say this. And this should be a picture of you and, uh, you and I. But his delight, their delight, is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he, they, meditate day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. It is God's word that prospers us in ministry. It is God's word that gives us the understanding to stay the course when the times get tough because there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a freight train. Profitable for teaching. It's also profitable for reproof. Reproof. Now, what does that mean? Some translations say rebuking. But the word behind the word, the Greek word there, has to do with an expression of criticism or or critiquing something. And it's the word of God that enables us to evaluate and weigh and invalidate the truth claims of the culture. Culture says this, the Bible says that. We go over here. That's why the psalmist said, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things of your law. Put false ways far away from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I don't know about you, but sometimes I read the Bible and I end up somewhat sliced and diced. Because it has reproved, it has criticized, it has shined the bright light on the faults in my thinking and the sins of the previous day. That's what the scriptures do. They're inspired and they're profitable for teaching us who and how God is. And because of that, they reprove us of our wrong thinking and wrong attitudes. And they do something else too. They're profitable for correction. And that word correction speaks to fine-tuning or rehabilitating or bringing us into conformance with God's standards of morality and living and life. Before there was ISO 9004, for some of you folks in industry, or before there was Six Sigma, there was God. And he has given us a means of attaining spiritual maturity and refining our processes to live a life for him. So when we go off course, the scriptures help us come back on course, sort of like a spiritual compass or a moral compass. 
Years and years ago, I worked on fishing boats. And you get so far out at sea, you can't see land. And uh, not to give away my age, but in those days, we didn't have GPSs. <laughs> now, we did have Lorans, okay? But I didn't know how to work one. And plus, I was just a mate or a deckhand. It didn't matter. But before you went out to sea, you trued your compass. You could hire a guy. He would come on, and he would make sure your compass, you know, it's going to point magnetic north, but you can adjust it so it points true north. This is what the Bible does for us. It corrects our wrong thinking. It brings us back on course. That's why you have to be prepared to submit to it, to surrender your will to it, to surrender your life to the principles that it shows you, to to the commands of God. Which really brings us to something else it's profitable for. And it's a biggie. Training in righteousness. Training in righteousness. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching or doctrine, for reproof or rebuking, for correction and training or instruction in righteousness. This speaks to uh, moral upbringing. We've all raised children and invested time in them. Timothy would be able to look to the Bible and receive continued coaching and mentorship vis-a-vis the Holy Spirit. And because it's profitable for training in righteousness, it's, it's useful, it's meaningful, it's effective for conforming us to God's will, morality, and justice. One of the beauties of the inspiration and the authority and sufficiency of Scripture is it's crystal clear. It really is. I mean, sometimes we make it fuzzier than it is, and sometimes we don't put the sweat equity and do the hard work of understanding what the Scriptures say and what do they mean. We don't ask when we read a text, what does it say? What do the words say? What do the words mean? What do I do? That's what we need to do. But God has made it very simple. We saw that in 2 Timothy 3.15, that from Timothy's toddlerhood, he knew the Scriptures. He was exposed to the Scriptures, which gave him the wisdom to come to Christ. Well, we have all these crazy religions today. I remember when I was a teenager, somebody exposed me to Buddhism. You know, you had, this is the sign of two hands clapping. What is the sign of one hand clapping? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, you know, we serve a God of clarity. And we, we need to be thankful. We need to be prepared to accept the inspiration of Scripture, to embrace it, and to surrender our wills to the dictates of Scripture which is an act of worship, so that we can do the will of God. Which brings us to our third question that we have to ask and answer. If we can say yes to one and two, we should be able to say yes to number three. Our third and final question is this. Are we prepared to serve? Are we prepared to serve? Not are we prepared to do what we want to do. All of us kind of have our pet ministries. There are things we like to do, but there are things that need to get done sometime in a church. And in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come, we're going to be charting a vision, and that vision will grow and expand and mature and fine-tune. And your primary gift may not be required in a certain event, but your secondary or your tertiary or your third gift might be required, and you have to be willing to serve. You see, all Scripture is inspired by God, And all Scripture is profitable, as it says in verse 17, 
2 Timothy 3.17, that the man of God, so that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. You know, what does it say in Philippians 2? Do nothing from, from selfish conceit or ambition, selfish ambition, but honor others as more important than yourselves. Because the goal is, is to live out our faith in a way that pleases God and blesses others. And therefore, we have to become competent and equipped to do every work that God calls us to do. And he's given us everything we need in the inspired scriptures, which are profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, so that we can serve him in his way. Now, what does that word competent mean? Well, if you were to look it up in a lex- Greek lexicon, it would mean able to do things, furnished with every necessary appliance, fitted out, in possession of all needed and necessary accessories. Okay? Basically, it means equipped. And if you look up the Greek word for equipped, it's a synonym for competent. Basically, you have two words back-to-back that mean the same exact thing. And you know why? Because the Holy Spirit, speaking through the pen of the Apostle Paul, is saying to me and you that this Scripture, all Scripture, is sufficient and authoritative to make you competent, competent, equipped, equipped. That the Scriptures and the Scriptures alone are what you need to empower you to serve as a believer in any church. In other words, nothing further is needed. You don't need a dream. You don't need a night vision. You don't need a day vision. You need the Scriptures. They alone are sufficient. And that's why it talks about the written down prophecies are not from men. They're from God. He, the Holy Spirit carried them along because a lot of times we hear prophecies from people that are from people who are fulfilling a desire or an ambition, sometimes even unknowingly. But the only reliable teaching or prophecy that you're going to get in this life is from this book. And we have to be ready to serve according to the blueprint that Scripture gives us. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate and complete for every good work. Most of us have memorized Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, not of works. It is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. But verse 2.10 really drives it home here. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All scripture is inspired and profitable so that we are able to do the work that God has called us to do, to do God's business God's way. And what we really have to decide in the days and the weeks and the months to come is are we willing to do God's business God's way from the Scriptures? Are you prepared? Well, if you're a born-again Christian, you are prepared. You have all you need. You have the Spirit in you, which enables you, who enables you, to read and interpret and apply the scriptures and to do the thing in his power that you couldn't do in your own flesh. 
You have the Word of God, which the Spirit enables you to understand and apply. And you have the people of God, the church, to come alongside you and to help you do the hard things God's way. And the question is, are we ready? Because there's a whole town out there that looks at us as an individual church and looks at all churches as irrelevant and unnecessary. And we've got to find a way to point them to Christ. And there's an old saying in ministry, don't ask God to bless what you're doing. Find out what, it, what God is blessing and do it. And the scriptures tell you that. God's inspired word informs and empowers us to do God's business God's way. And if I had to summarize this sermon in a sentence, it would be this. And I'm not being cute or folksy or tacky. It just works. Don't blow off what God has breathed out. Okay? Take it seriously. And how do you do that? Let me give you some ideas for application. How can you take your game to the next level? How can you get ready? How can you be prepared? Number one, taste the scriptures daily. Spend some time in God's Word. Maybe you download a reading plan off the internet. Google the word reading plans. Bible reading plans. There's a bazillion of them. And that way you can maybe read 15 minutes a day and you'll taste and see that the Lord is good. And you'll begin to get a sense of the layout and the, and the topography and the structure of the Bible. And one day, if you keep it up, year in and year out, you'll become your own concordance. Able to find verses by topic and things like that. So taste the Bible daily. Secondly, study the Bible. Study the Bible. Pick a topic, pick a passage that really you wrestle with, and study to show yourself an approved workman, unashamed because you are now able, because you've applied yourself to the study of God's Word to rightly divide the Word of truth. Thirdly, reflect. Think about what you read. So, you know, we live in a busy, busy world. And we're pulled in so many directions and we have little children or big children or young adults. I mean, we're all over the place. But you've got to meditate. You know, what does it say in the Psalms? His delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, anchored, brings forth his fruit in due season. His leaf does not wither. Reflect. Fourth, memorize. Take time to memorize the scripture. Satan came against Jesus, misquoting scripture, and Jesus replied, it is written, it is written, it is written. The psalmist said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And last but not least, pray. Before you open the Bibles, do what David did. Open my eyes, O Lord, that I may see wondrous things in your law. And there will be times where your heart and your mind is tied in knots and you don't know how to pray. Take a passage and pray through it. Our Father who art in heaven. Oh Lord, you're my Father and yet you're different. You're, you're in heaven. You're different. Hallowed be your name. Lord, help me to honor your name every day. Just use, use the Bible as a means of prayer. And then what? Get ready we got lots of work to do in this community. So don't blow off what God has breathed out. Drink it in.
Be prepared to trust it, to believe in its inspiration, to surrender to its dictates, and to serve as it calls you to serve, because that's God calling. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.